and welcome to the podcast. I'm Ross, presently in East London, where it's finally stopped raining. And I'm Phil, presently in Eastbourne, where it stopped raining, but uh, my property has felt the damage and I have a, a, a couple of leaks that have sprung. Oh, no. um, oh, God. Yeah, that's the other reason why today is going to be a relatively uh, short podcast, because I have a builder coming around this morning as well to try and fix something. So anyway, my friend, how are you? It's been a few weeks since we caught up. Very much. Uh, pretty good. Thank you. And yourself? Yes, good. I mean, that's more on me than it is on you. Uh, <clears throat> we haven't caught up, so apologies. Uh, been a little bit on the busy side. Anyway, so look, let's not let's not fuck about today. Let's get straight into the meat and bones of the podcast. Um, I want to just finish off your thirty-one days of Halloween really quickly. Just blast through the last. I think it was last twelve or thirteen. I don't um, even remember where we got. To. Yeah, let's say the last twelve or thirteen. We'll stick it at that. Um, I want to talk to you about Pillars of the Flower Moon um, because that's the big yes. release. Well, the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think you've seen Five Nights at Freddy's yet, but I want to just no. tell you how meh it was. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to play a game in in, yeah. a, in that great Saw tradition. Um, and if you fail, unfortunately, your jaw will get separated from your head. <laughs> well, seems fine. Uh... Not really. <clears throat> but, um, so good. So look, let's let's not let's not let's not beat around the bush, Ross. Should we start with Killers of the Flower Moon today? But did you not want to do the Halloween wrap up? Uh, okay, let's start with the Halloween wrap up, shall we? Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> Let, it, it, let's do it that way. I, I I remember we talked about having watched Megan, and that was on the fourteenth. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's fine. And so on the fifteenth, Niffy and I. Uh, this is of October for anyone who doesn't know. <laughs> on the fifteenth of October, Niffy and I watched The Lost Boys on the big screen at Prince Charles, which was oh, I love that. Experience. I did that last one year point. with with uh, friend of the podcast Matt Duddy, and we we watched mm-hmm. it. Um, in Uckfield, and I have to say, it is. Oh, similarly, I I watched this past week on Halloween. I went with a f- other friend of the podcast, Phil Ambler, uh, and we went Ooh. to watch Halloween. Uh, not not Halloween. We went to watch Hellraiser in Lewis at the oh, lovely yes. cinema, um, and it was uh, glorious seeing that in a in a very nice print on the big screen. So yeah, Lost Boys is a, is a real treat on the big screen. It's so it goes by so quickly. <clears throat> Such it really does. On the 16th, we watched a sort of two-parter, which was Batman Belong Halloween Parts 1 and 2, which is an animated feature based on yep. the, the rather famous story of Graphic Novels. Very, very good. Very well written, of course. Again, another example of DC just do live-action versions of the actual comics. Uh, it's or so just stick cool. animated films, right? And put a bit more sure, money behind yeah. them. Yeah, that that would work too. Uh, on the seventeenth, we watched a a film that I have loved ever since I first saw it in Cannes in the year two thousand, which was the Irrefutable Truth About Demons, starring a very young Carl Urban. Uh, news, news, yeah, it's a very very fun, interesting, mischievous film about Carl Urban, who's like he kind of studies cults, like a, like kind of debunks things and things like that, and uh, he gets fur- drawn in further and further into this pretty horrible I'm not saying the bites is the wrong word because they're not like like that to that degree but there's some crazy shit going on and it's really really good and I'll never forget watching it in Cannes and then there was a second screening which you know hardly ever happens these days uh, and and you could but the buzz about the film was so big that you just couldn't get another because I'd love to have seen it again and you, you couldn't see it um, and over here it was released as just the truth about demons which I have uh, and, and as usual great buzzing can does not always equate to 
critical no, commercial or wide, straight, wide, yeah, worldwide success, TV. right? But it's a really interesting film, really interesting film. So on the 18th, I watched the film, but I... But, it's not a good film, but I'd love to see the other four or five versions of it, which is Cursed for Wes Craven. Werewolf film, sort of. Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's really not a good film. An incredibly troubled history, and it's uh, it, it particularly goes wrong in the last half hour, like, like particularly wrong in the last <laughs> half hour. And, and the first hour doesn't make any sense either. I mean, I was say, the so, trains are already off the tracks by... Didn't they reshoot, you, like, a massive chunk of that I, film? If I, if, I, if I understand it correctly, this film, Cursed, was shot something like three times. Was like it a they, they, movie? They, it, it was completely straight. Like was it Aquaman two, Ross? <laughs> if you look it up, well, if you look it up, like it was. Was it Skeet Ulrich was replaced as believed by J- Joshua Jackson, like in a different version of the movie? Like, like there are always different. I seem to recall there was even a version where Angelina Jolie was in it, but maybe she maybe she ended up not being in it, but she was going to be. Yeah, in it. yeah. It just there's so many different versions of it. But honestly, if you look into it, it it's a fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating deep dive. The and story the end, of the film well, is more interesting than well, the film itself. I was going to say, and, and for the end result being this film, you go, why? <laughs> like, why, why would you? It's fascinating. On the 19th, I watched the not-so-impressive follow-up to Train to Busan called Peninsula. Now, if you recall earlier, I watched uh, Soul Station, the, the animated version. I didn't, the I didn't dislike the Peninsula. I thought it was all I right. Oh, no, no, I didn't dislike it. But it was but messy. It it's messy. You've got these three or four different stories that you sort of think are going to connect up, and they never do. Like, which is kind of interesting. It, it, it wasn't boring. I, I just, I just kind of went, yeah, like, like it was fun. And there are, and I will say, in the last 15, 20 minutes, there are some emotional beats that do pay off quite well. But and it's worth watching. I, I don't let this put you off. But it's just the train to Busan is a dizzying high. So, um, so there you go. Uh, on. Uh, the 20th, uh, Niffy and I watched The Devil's Advocate, which we both oh, love. Oh, love that film. Yeah. The Devil's Advocate is possibly the great right. guilty pleasure of the 90s. I have um, to say, this was a film. This was a film, but when I left the cinema, when I saw it, I really didn't like it at all. Like, I used to rave about the fact that the only thing I loved was Keanu Reeves shooting himself in the head and Al Pacino exploding into flames. I mean, both <laughs> you know, are like, highlights of the film. But, oh, um, no, they, they are, but, but I actually, I mean, I love. Film. It's a far like, more nuanced it. film than people give it credit for. I which think is, that's true. is it's hard to say it's hard to use the term nuance when when Al Pacino is is at the most Al Pacino Al Pacino has ever been. Oh, it's like it's yeah, Al Pacino uh, like, yeah, this one goes it's, up it's to like, sort of... It's like Al Pacino said, I'm gonna take every impersonation of me ever and I'm mm. going to deliver that as my performance. And the two does... scenes a stunning job. The two, I mean, there, there are actually lots of scenes that stand up, but the two scenes that, for him, that re- well, actually, there's three scenes that really stand out. There's the scene uh, on the subway train where he's talking to that that uh, like yeah, yeah. Hispanic guy. That is fantastic. There's if we're going to take a moment that scene, that moment with Charlize Theron where he talks about her shoulders being the, the front line in the battlefield and all that stuff with yeah. her hair up. That was fun. That is an amazing moment. Um, and I mean, amazing, like not just like, amazing. And then there's the the two other bits I just adore is the scene when he's talking about Eddie Barzoom as Eddie Barzoom is running through Central Park. Yeah, that's and amazing. Attack- you failed, Eddie. Like, like, all about, you messed up. All about, and, and you see, and it's like he is talking to Eddie while he's talking to Keanu. That's yeah, like, yeah. that's brilliant. an amazing scene. And, and also, just as a quick side note, 
only a few weeks ago, having watched Marathon Man, it is the same bit of Central Park, which is fascinating. Um, just, just interesting. Like, like twenty five years apart or whatever it is. And I think it's like the same. I think, yeah, I think it's also the same point. They're using Ghostbusters, and it could well be. But I'm talking about the fact that he's running and and it's the same bit. Yeah, fascinating. And then, of course, the scene at the end. There are so many names, like all of that stuff. Like because it God, it's an absentee, yeah. all of that. He's a sadist. Like all of that stuff is big, of course. But you know, there's an interesting story about that. When he's there's so many names, yeah, all of that. There's an interesting just... story about that film. Like yeah. the bit, there's a whole bit with like naked bodies writhing behind. Oh, Al I know. Pacino. It was it was a piece of artwork, but they didn't have the rights to. Yeah, so they they had to cut it out, and I don't know if it, I don't well, think they it's changed back it in now. They, yeah, they no, changed no, they, it. I think I think they just changed what the animation was or something like. That. Yeah, it's kind of fascinating. That honestly, I could probably watch The Devil's Advocate every few weeks and be perfectly yeah, it's, happy. It it's a perfectly structured movie, and the end bit with um sympathy for the devil with Rolling Stones yeah. it actually works. in the bathroom a, is yeah, so works. good. Well, so often so when you good. see that. Well, so often when you have that song in a movie these days, I think you've, you've, you've given up on creativity. You don't know. But it works extremely no, well. And, actually, and, actually, and these days, I think it's like, because it's just meets Oh, these character. days, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't mean that. That, that, was a, that was a stunning, that's a stunning yes. ending to the film. Yes, that's perfect. And and also, the opening is brilliant. The opening, the actual yeah. courtroom scene and all that stuff with Chris Bauer as the, the defendant. It's really yeah. good. Like, it's, yeah, it's really good. Anyway, so there you go. Uh... We can't too, talk too much about the Devil's Advocate. It's great. Uh, on the twenty-first, we watched one, but again, we both really like uh, Queen of the Damned, a weird sequel to Interview with Vampire. Yeah, move on. <laughs> it's really enjoyable, but it's very strange. Like very much, it's it is a film that is very specifically of its time. Yeah, uh, but very enjoyable. Uh, on the twenty-second, after seeing Killers of the Flower Moon, which we'll go on to talk about, we watched the colorized version of Werewolf by Night, the Marvel one oh, of the okay, two yeah, Marvel yeah. things. Uh, in phase four, or whatever. Uh, very interesting uh, effect that colorizing the film has. It's worth watching. I, I mean, we enjoyed it the first time anyway. It's uh, it's good. Uh, 23rd, we went big and we went for Bram, Stro- Bram Stoker's Dracula. Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, you mean? It, it really is. And, and it is it's fascinating how Me bad. <laughs> well, well, no, well, well, the film is sumptuous. The film is. Oh, it's gorgeous. Like, incredible. But Keanu Reeves, this, this, just what you just it's... go, I don't, he doesn't look right. He, he certainly doesn't sound right. He is, um, uh, but he is literally the only thing in the film that's wrong. Yeah. It's he's so he's one of those. It's so weirdly wrong. It's one of those, one of those possible worst piece of castings in a movie ever. Because like literally. Cause he, looks, he looks right. He's not, here's the thing. We know Keanu Reeves is not a bad actor. He's not a bad actor. Of, in, no, in, hold on. In to general qualify, terms. In general to terms. qualify. No, I want to yeah. qualify this. He's yeah. not a bad actor. If you keep him in the box, he's good in. Correct. You move him outside yes, yes, the very box much. and yes. he becomes a lot. But what's interesting in this film is it's not it's, it's not his It's not like Francis Ford Coppola went wild card. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to put someone. Kiedris looks completely unprepared. He probably works really hard, by the way, I'm sure. Oh, he I looks completely don't prepared. Doubt He's, for a second. Everything about him looks wrong. Everything about him looks completely out oh. of place. Like, there's no other cast member who, Winona Ryder is fine, not perfect, but fine. And, like, like he, like, she's the only other one who looks somewhat contemporary, let's put it that way. He yeah. looks, he literally looks like he's dressed up for a, for a fancy dress 
party or something. Yeah, his hair looks everything's wrong. It's and a it's very it's a very weird thing because it's fascinating. Like, if you look at the film itself, yeah, you're right. It's gorgeous, it's a beautiful tapestry. But, it's like the gore is incredible. When you, you get forget, gore, there's not much gore. It's incredible. But you forget that, like, this is the point where, like, he'd come off of Bill and Ted. He'd done Point yeah. Break, but let's be honest, it wasn't a huge stretch for him. Did the Bill no. and Ted sequel, My Own Private Idaho, which was good, but, but like, yeah, it just it was never. It was never a particularly sensible move casting him. And I think if I think if he had been cast, that role had been cast better, the film would be better considered. But the one thing I will say in defense of everyone that has not Bram Stoker's Dracula, it is it is utterly ridiculous in terms of kind of the, the of a it's like what's the best it's way to huge. put it? Like it, it goes so big all the time. Yeah. It's so big. Every scene is Big. Yeah, it's a melodrama. It's a melodrama. No, no one under no no scene in that film is ever underplayed. No, ever. But, like, but actually, no... I think that. But I think that that works. I mean, we watched it. I will say this time around, I liked it a lot more than I've liked. I've probably only watched it tw- maybe three times maximum. But this, this is that's the weirdest thing about you, Ross. It's like, yeah, I've never really been a fan of it. I've watched it three times to this point. Huh? No, no, but I mean, <laughs> no, but over the but that's over thirty years. Like, yeah, but like, still, I've probably watched it times. twice in thirty years, and my opinion will never change of the film because it is. I would say, I would say, sumptuously stupid. Well, but, but there's the always thing, a thousand like a... films better that I could watch. Well, like, like. All I'm saying is what I found fascinating about this, I've said that too many times now, but was how much I was enjoying the film when Keanu Reeves was not in a scene. Yes, it's it's it's, it's great. It's, but it's like it's like Kenneth Branagh's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I mean, yeah. this whole period, by the way, where they, they had these stupid fucking film titles. Like, yeah, it was yeah. at one point Fran- Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. And you're like, sure. Enough. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's, that's enough, enough mate. <laughs> but, but yeah. It's just like it, it. It was like everyone was trying to. It's. A, I think the best way is what I said. Right, no scene is deliberately underplayed. Right. It's, no. I bet you there is a version of this film of outtakes, like the first or second shot of every scene where everyone is on a on a six, and then Coppola's sure. like, no, let's do it again. Oh, let's do it for a nine. Up. We're going. No, nope. nine's up. not good yeah. enough. Let's do it for an eleven. That's the yeah. take. I want yeah. to see the version of this film where everyone's at a six because I think, and then occasionally they go up to an 11 because the problem is if you've got a film that is all at 11, it has, it's yeah. like, it's the, it, I call it the bad boys two factor, right? Mm. If you strip the last hour out of bad boys two, 45 minutes, it's actually a really good film. It's so moves, bad boys it's two, funny. bad boys two literally ends and then they go yeah. to Cuba. But so, so like, like, if you what? take the last 45 minutes out of Bad Boys 2, it's actually yeah. a really good film. It's not as good as Bad Boys, but it's a good film. No. But they were like, yeah. let's do more. And at that point, I was like, like, I get to the point where it's it it, it gets big and goes bigger and bigger and bigger. And, bigger and, bigger. and I, I I almost lose interest. I think that's the thing with Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Bram Stoker's Francis Ford, whatever. Um, <laughs> it, it just plays it all at such a level that yeah. there's no pitch and tone to it. And if you ever listen to, if you ever listen to, like, if 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 a band came on and played the same song at 11 for three hours, you'd be like, yeah. oh my you'd lose, God, you'd lose your, you'd stop. Lose your mind, yeah. That is Francis. Noise. 
Yeah, and that's this film to me. It's everything's played at 11. And because there's no peaks and troughs, you're just like... So anyway, quite crack on, move on. We don't want to spend that. We're always spending (laughs) far too much time on this. On the 24th, we did the first Adams Family film, which we adore. Uh, On the the 25th, we did... By the way, when you say first, are you talking Christina Ritchie first? Yes, 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 yes. On the 25th, we watched The Frighteners, which is probably still Peter Jackson's best film, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd say so. And also, controversially, Incredible. one of Michael J. Fox's best films. It definitely. Not even controversially. I think he's fantastic in it. It's, again, he goes again, up and down. He's, he's not likeable. Like he's, I like him, but he's not a likeable character. Like, no, really he's not at all. Really great. Really great. Look, um, the Frighteners is such an underrated <laughs> film. And like, and, and also it has... Um, it has one of the best Jake Boosie moments. Like this is Jake, Jake in that film. Oh, Jake Boosie is yeah. is his dad. He's fantastic. It's like he's it's crazy. like someone said, "We want Gary Boosie, but Gary at this point's a little bit oh. off the tracks. Oh, Who do we D. get?" Wallace. And someone goes, "Jake yeah. Boosie. That'll do." And D, the way Dee Wallace changes at the end, her turn at the end is fun. It's predictable, but it's great. It like, is the way a brilliant <clears> film, <throat> and it is so underrated. Well, it, so here's the thing. Uh, speaking about underrated, I re- I actually remember to this day, ooh, back in Bournemouth University days, myself and my friend Kim, who works for Frame Store these days, who's doing very well with stuff. Um, we've been working for about twenty years, bloody. Uh, Thanks anyway. for that pointless bit of information. Sorry, that means he's been working in post for a long time. He was at university with me, <clears throat> very talented chap. Anyway, point is, and I saw him at Comic Con this weekend or last weekend, so intrigued for the first time in about twenty five years. Some school. Anyway, point is... <clears throat> if you could find the point, that would be good. I'm trying to remember the point. No, the point is, I remember sitting you went around to see it. in media... No, no, in like media production or whatever the fuck it was in university, and him going, I'm going to go see this film called The Frighteners. I, I, I don't know anything about it, because in the 90s, didn't know anything about anything. No. Didn't have any trainers online, didn't know anything. Unless you saw a trailer of a cinema on TV, didn't know anything about anything. He said... I don't know much about it. It's, I think it's got Michael J. Fox in it. You guys fancy that? It's me and Kevin and Clint, maybe someone else. And we sat there going, this is fucking amazing. See, I, I knew far this more about amazing. it. amazing. I was a huge horror fan and a huge Peter, sure. a big Peter Jackson, early Peter it. Jackson fan. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, the thing that pisses me off about this film is it still sits at 52, 52 out of 100 on Metascore, which is fucking insane. That is um, and, and the show, And Robert, Roger Ebert, he of... Roger Ebert is a great critic, was a great mm. critic, right? But Roger Ebert gets it wrong a lot. Oh, definitely. definitely. Last year, definitely, I reviewed yeah. a nine-hour documentary about the lives of Mongolian yak herdsmen, and I'd rather see it again than sit through the frighteners. Whoa, fuck off. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm sorry, you're, you're so wrong. The frighteners is a great film. It's massively yes. underrated. Let's move on. So, on the 26th, we saw the third... This is, I'm going to explain this in a second. So I I couldn't believe that I was going to get to see this film on a big screen. Couldn't believe it when the Prince Charles had the time Prince Charles Cinema for everyone. Uh, couldn't believe it, uh, but it was going to be on. And I I'm sure I'm sure no one was getting confused at thinking that Prince Charles himself, now King Charles, yeah, was, putting on a personalized, uh, yes, was putting on a King personalized performance on his own Charles. screen. On his own screen. Um, I, don't, I, th- I think we film, can pretty much take that confusion out of it. It was a film I've loved since I first saw it in the 90s on VHS. Uh, and it is a film called Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. You mentioned Starring... this to me before. I've never seen it. I can't believe you haven't seen it. 
Like, I, I, like, I mean, I'm not joking. I cannot believe you haven't seen it. Um, it stars Bill Sadler, Billy Zane, CCH Pounder, a young and when she was very promising Jada Pinkett, who's fucking great in it. Uh, Dick Miller, the amazing Dick Miller. You remember uh, when Jada Pinkett? Uh, Thomas, really Thomas Hayden. Yeah, lo- I love her in Low Down Dirty. In fact, Low Down Dirty Shame and this, she's I'm like she's going to rule the fucking world. Like she's so good. <clears throat> Is it Dead Presidents or Set It Off? I never remember which one. Uh, anyway, dead. I think it's uh, Dead Presidents. I think it might be. I'm very, I, will, I, will, I will do some. I will do some fact checking Please on that do. while you They're wax lyrical really, about it. Set it off. Set it off with Dead Prisoners, both great, but Dead Prisoners. Basically, I think it's um, I think it's set it off because Dead Prisoners. I think it is set it off. Yes, set it off is the female version of Dead Prisoners. Yeah, it's so, lit. Yeah, no, it, it, it is set it isn't off. it like I'm literally sorry. the female version of Dead Prisoners? Yeah, basically, basically, yes. Although the the girls are more sensible for the guys. Um, so anyway, but the point is, Thomas Hayden Church in a relatively early role, you'll recognise nearly everybody in it. Um, it is, it is. Uh, the way I explained it to Niffy was before I booked the tickets was, do you like from like from Dust Till Dawn. And she went, yeah, great. And I'm like, fantastic. Because it's not like Dust Till Dawn, but it's a comparison in terms of the humour, the gore, like the the, 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 yeah, the, yeah. the, gloop, the gloopiness of it, the sense of humour and stuff. And um, I went, we went to see it with a, a good friend of mine, I haven't seen him for a while, John Moore, who's an uh, uh, SFX guy, who's fantastic, very, again, very talented. Did you go to university um, with him? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I first met him at Picture House Central uh, during okay. a double bill of America. Ross, we Central. have 40 minutes of this podcast. No, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. <laughs> anyway, the point is, we all went to see it, and I just couldn't have been happier. It was on a 35 mil print. It looked, for the most part, barring the last reel, incredibly pristine. So that was fascinating. And the film is so funny and, like, gloopy and and and, and um, mischievous, mischievous because again for anyone who doesn't know it's a spin-off of the tv show tales from the crypt now yeah. this was the we... third <clears throat> this was the third in a trilogy the adams family the frighteners and tales from the crypt demon knight all all from the 90s all between 1991 and 1996 three films in a row horror films obviously three films in a row that start off with danny elfman music Right, Danny for music and camera moving into a house, like a, like a, like nice. a spooky house. All well, that's standard eighties, right? Like, no, it's nineties. No, I think that's right. That's what I mean. There's probably there's probably more, but I'm just oh, like well, to see three films in a row, three films in a row to start off like that. We're like, this is yeah. weird. This is really oh, weird. It was it was set it off. Yeah, yeah. We we were right. Okay, like, right. Dead presidents was, was was something else. But uh, carry on. Right, move. Anyway, move on. Like, Let's dude, oh. dude, you need to watch. It's on my list. Nearly, It'll be watched. We're nearly, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. On the twenty seventh, we watched Adam's Family Values, which again so much fun. And the thing that makes me laugh most about Adam's Family Values, aside from all of it, is they do the play of Pocahontas in the in the in the kids' camp. By the way, David Crumholtz looking so tiny. Um, Adam's Family by the bit where. When when Pugsy they do this song and he's dressed as a giant turkey and he keeps going eat me and I don't know why that makes me laugh harder. I I genuinely don't know if I've ever seen the second one. Oh, I dude, probably have. So I probably have. It is it, it is so funny and Joan Cusack is just unbelievable. Um, okay, twenty eighth and 29th ninth. We'll just quickly say Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to you. You know, of I course. Like I mean, it couldn't be yeah. a podcast if Ross hadn't mentioned Happy course, Death Day to you. Although I didn't watch from, we didn't watch them last year though. I didn't watch them last year. And they are both. No, you didn't watch them then, but you did watch them last year. Oh, probably, yeah, three or four times probably. Uh, on the thirtieth, it was Niffy's choice, uh, particularly, which was Practical Magic, which is an okay, interesting yeah. film. 
which yeah, I saw I mean, when it first came out. It's not. I, I'm not the biggest fan. I will say I liked it more this time around. Um, I'm not the biggest fan. Is possibly the, the understatement of the decade. Yeah, but yeah. Go but on. it's not. But it's not. But it's not a bad film. It's just. It's just. It's a bit. It's a bit unbalanced and stuff. But it, if if I had if I had a thousand days to watch horror movies, or if I had to watch a thousand horror movies, Practical Magic a hundred percent wouldn't be in that or the backup one thousand list. No, probably not. But it's fine. Like, it's fine to have. It was. It was. It was fine. It was. And funny enough, it's come at a time where it's being like reappraised for some reason. I don't know, it might be because it's an anniversary, like twenty fifth anniversary. But so there's been a few articles online about it. It's interesting. It's, I'm it's, so bored of people reappraising shit films. Well, Let shit well, films why, be shit. It's fine. It's not, it's no, not shit. It's, no, no, it's not shit. It's like it's, it's like we need um, to apologise. It's like we need to apologise for films. Oh, actually, that film's really good. Do you know what? I'm quite happy for a film to be shit. I can still yeah. like a shit film. By it's the not way. shit. It's not shit. It's just not particularly. It's whatever. just anyway, dull. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. And then on the 31st, we did a sort of a double bill of uh, Hocus Pocus, of course, which is fabulous. I'm not uh, a fan. I don't get that. It's so much fun. Um, and um, although I will say I've only come to appreciate it more in the last five years or so. I, I, really watched it, I watched it last year or the year before last, and I was just like, yeah, it's fine. I'll yeah, never watch it again, but it's fine. It's really enjoyable. It's enjoyable and it's really easy, easy, easy watching. But it is also a kids' movie that starts off with a child being killed. Yeah, I, do you know what? I, th- I think it's one of those things that's pretty where I think my my issue with Hocus Pocus is purely similarly to my issue with um, Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff that mm. it, it's t- it, like I am such a not fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> like, fair, yeah, I don't like, disagree. With but you. Lion King is very good. Yeah, I love Lion. But, and... but it's not just him, is it? It's also and him. School of Rock right. is a hundred percent one of my favourite musicals of all time. Yeah, it's great. But I think the problem with Hocus Pocus for me is I'm not a fan of Bette Midler. I've never been a fan oh. of Bette Midler, and okay. I really, really have never been a fan of Sarah Jessica Parker. So if you put both of them in a movie together, it's like I'm like mm, I find it really hard to get past that. But fair enough. I, mean, I don't think they're, they're, I don't think I... they're like their normal personas but okay but I, I i don't know i just you know sometimes what's the best way to put this it's that thing of it's the francis Ford coppola's dracula thing right where if you play something at 11 all the time yeah well i mean it it's, like a panther. Make it it's like good. It's, it's just it's just a pantomime and if but it's I, a pantomime also, i'd probably enjoy it i also love i love the the musical sequence in in the, the with the adults the whole thing i put a spell on you i think that's big great. fan of Thor birch though yes yeah, she's great and I think everyone's really good at it. But also, one of the things I love about it, and it's again, it's only occurred to me in the last few years, there's this really funny thing with the end, you probably don't realize, the end credits roll over. You know how they've possessed all the adults in, yes. the, in like the thing? And they're all sort of coming out of it. And it ends like, because I think the sun's coming up, and it's just all of the adults slowly staggering out of like the school gymnasium or wherever they're having that, that, that ball or whatever. And I don't know what it is. It's really funny. Like, I don't no, know how on purpose it is. It's really yeah, cleverly but done. It's really funny. That's back in the decade where they used to do shit like that in the end credits. It's like, yeah, sure. like the Ferris Bueller thing in the end credits where there's stuff going on. And, you know, yeah. they used to do really cool, fun stuff. Right. And, and now it it's like, like... It almost looks like... But it almost looks like B-roll. It's almost like they shot a scene maybe where no, they're I don't all think it's that. I think it was deliberate, it's 100%. Really, it's like Ghostbusters. Really Ghostbusters has that scene. You know, in which case, it's, I'm saying, in which case, it's really clever, then. Like, it's, yeah. it's really yeah, I'm, I'm, entertainingly I'm not, funny. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm not disagreeing. What I'm saying is, that, like, that was a thing of that that period sure. where they would do these, like, like, and now you just sit for a film to watch 
a two second clip of a character that you have to then yeah. Google because you've got no fucking idea it was. Anyway, second Thank half of the Hocus Pocus double bill was. Oh, it's just uh, freaky that night. Oh, okay, yeah, fine, great, cool. Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't watch thirty one films in in Halloween, but I did up my Halloween watching this year. Um, oh. I'll quickly go for a few. Like like I said, Hellraiser was really good. Um, mm. Brilliant to see it on the big screen. Big fan. I finished watching all the Nightmare on Elm Street films with the criminally shit remake. Um, It just just does nothing. And the makeup is really weird as well on on it, Freddie. So so correct me, me, folks, we talked about this the other day or a couple of weeks ago, where I said one of my main problems with the film, aside from it just being whatever, is you always immediately know they're in a dream. Yeah. Is that still true? Is that right? Am I right? Because I might have got that wrong, um, but I seem to have got a big uh, issue. It's, yes. There's no, the, the ambiguity. There's ambi- no ambiguity. There's no ambiguity. The ambiguity yeah. is not there. Yeah. Um, right. I, I, um, we watched Five Nights at Fre- I watched Five Nights at Freddy's. I'm going to be honest with you and it. say. I want to see it, ish. The problem with Five Nights at Freddy's is, it literally is Willy's Wonderland and the Banana Splits yeah. movie, but not as good. Right. 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 I've heard also the hero. I've also heard the hero sleeps a lot in it, or something weird. Literally sleeps a lot. Yeah, like sleeps, sleeps through the movie kind of thing. So it's like what? It's, it's not quite that bad, but but no, look, I would suggest that if they'd mm. made it a twelve A like they did with Megan, and it could have yes. been a twelve A really fucking mm. easily because it's pretty mm-hmm. gold, bloodless. They could have yeah. doubled what is already a huge box office. I mean, it's five really well. Freddy's, it's done really, really well, isn't it? I know and that. it shows yeah. critics. Yeah. Do not count. No. Genuine. No, they can't, but affect, it's, they can't affect box off. They don't affect box off. No. Uh, for me, Five Nights at Freddy's was a crushingly boring film. It just yeah. didn't really do anything. And if you if you want to watch animatronic things kill people, watch Willy's Wonderland That's and watch great. Banana Splits movie. Because both of them are exactly the same film. Yeah. Willy's Wonderland. Them, and Nick Cage is so good at it without yeah. saying a single word. Both of them are the same movie as Five Nights at Freddy's, but infinitely better. So there's I watched great, that. There's a great scene, there's a great scene in Willy's Wonderland. So just quickly, just because just we're on it. There's a great scene in Willy's Wonderland that has stayed with me for some reason. There's a scene where he's been fighting these horrible things and then he just takes his break. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like, there's something amazing about his, the look on his face when he's like going to the vending machine, and and it's like that is a that, that is a choice that is so strong. It's it's what I'm saying. It's a bit of, that is a bit of the film that's actually stayed with me. Yeah, like it's good. It's it's, it's Willy's really Wonderland clever. is a decent film, funny um, and it's funny so much better than Five Nights at Freddy's. And even by For saying sure. nothing. Cage is more charismatic than the guy in this. So I watched Josh that. Um, yeah. I watched. I watched the uh, the latest Doug Campbell thriller horror thriller. Oh. Look who's stalking, which is without me, <laughs> which is deeply, deeply rubbish, but yet deeply, deeply glorious. Um, I watched the Boogeyman, and um, oh, I yeah. thought pretty much the same as you. Um, yeah. so whereas you said the Boogeyman and what was the other one? Uh, Cobweb were both films Cobweb. that could be. Cobweb, I completely disagree. The whole turning on the lights thing in Cobweb was irrelevant because it wasn't about a monster, it was about family. Family. Uh, um, in this, yeah. just oh, turn the fucking I, lights on, man. Right, it drove me they, mad. It drove me mad. Literally, the whole mad. film, the whole film would be ended if someone just turned on a fucking light switch. Or, or, and here's a suggestion, make it that there's a power outage and you can't turn on the light switch. Have a right. reason for the fact that everyone is so yes. catastrophically fucking stupid in this film. Yeah, 
Yeah, it drove me. It, I'm not jo- joking. Within 20 minutes, it was driving me bananas. And, like I was so bored by it. When I was watching Cobweb, I was really, really aware of it. And for Cobweb, I was like, no, Ross is absolutely wrong on this. That would not solve anything. But I, And I really liked the film. For The Boogeyman, I was just like, just turn the fucking lights on, dude. So I watched that. I watched, of course, I had to pick a Friday the 13th movie to watch in, in the horror month. Mm-hmm. And um, which one do you think I picked, Ross? Six, I hope. Yeah, Jason lives. Um, it's Hooray! still fucking brilliant. Uh, but I also did watch Friday the Thirteenth on the big screen, which I think I spoke about last time. Yeah, um, yeah. horrible, horrible experience uh, because of mm. it's now a fifteen, and it was full of a load of fifteen-year-olds um, mm. who didn't know how to, uh, to to kind of process it. Uh, I also watched Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, which is infinitely better than the remake of Pet Cemetery. Is it's it still really? not great. But it's, it's actually it's a prequel, all right, it's a pre- yeah. It's a, it's a prequel, right? It's a prequel, it's, I think. It's not great, but it's, it's prequel, better than right? the remake. It, yeah, correct. Is it, and, it, and it's a prequel, presumably, to the remake, I guess. Correct. In this, in this version. Correct. Okay. I do um, want to see it. I've, I've heard pretty solid things about it. Yeah, it's 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 all right actually, and it's so much better than the prequel was. So, oh, cool. and then 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 I think we'd already discussed that I'd watched um I watched uh, Freddy versus Jason, which held up really well. I um, I watched we watched we talked about Totally Killer last time, which I said was was pretty decent, not yeah, amazing, really but it, it certainly passed the time. Hmm. Um, and there you go. So that is that. So let's talk Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh. Um, it's it's a long film, isn't it? It's long. <clears throat> I think it is definitely too long for for City of Cinema. In that, I mean, I needed a piss twice, which is I'm usually pretty good at just you know once but, somehow. But just, just to really qualify enjoyed, this, I really, as really standard, you do this. take in a literal bucket of coke every time you go. Yeah, to the cinema. but that's yeah. But I'm pretty good at, at, at <laughs> I'm just saying I'm pretty good at scheduling how I drink and stuff. So my my main problem with the film, which I basically thought was very good, like I'm not going to say it's bad, it was a very enjoyable, good film, mostly. The two, my two criticisms, take them or leave them, are while I thought the cast were great, like great. Oh, hello, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, man. It just seems to every. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll start that bit again. While no, no, you can just cast... carry on. I never edit anyway, so just oh, carry sorry. on, man. It's all I in. thought. The... While I thought the cast were great, I felt that, it, in fact, actually, the two problems are kind of connected. I felt like the last, mm, I can't remember exactly how long, but let's say 40 minutes or so, seemed to kind of peter out as opposed to the build of the first, well, two, two and a half, three hours, whatever it was. Um, and and I also felt that Leo's performance, which I know wouldn't have been in, in uh, what's the word, in order, Something about he—he he felt like he just started gurning a lot in that last act. I guess call it the last act, um, and it, it just felt like he had nowhere to go or something. It felt like, like what I liked about the beginning of the movie was he was clearly not a good person, and he was doing some very very bad things. But somehow I was still along with him for the ride somehow. And then in that last act, kind of from when all the, the prison stuff starts happening or jail stuff starts happening, I was just a bit like. Um, like that, not all the way, and and that was also underpinned by a weirdly loud, brief two or three scenes with with Brendan Fraser, which I was just like, "What's happening here?" sort of thing. So that's kind of my. They're, they're not very big criticisms because I really like the movie overall, and I'm I will watch it again on TV because I think that's definitely where it lives because of how long it is and everything, and and sort of uh, it's an Apple movie, you know. 
Um, I liked it overall, but but I can't. But my opinion on that stuff hasn't changed. Thought about this thing. So I I really enjoyed it. I think for me, I gave it a solid eight. It's if if I had to give it a grade, it would be an eight point five out of ten. Right, like. Like, mm. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really, really good film. A really good film. Um, <clears throat> I actually didn't at any point feel like it was long, which was weird because it is one of the longest films I've ever watched in the cinema. Yeah. There's no point where I was, like, looking on my watch going, oh, fucking hell. Um, I think it moved really well. I think the pace was pretty good. I, I do agree. I agree. I do I agree. agree. Hold on, let me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I do agree that the last third the last kind of 45 minutes yeah. 50 minutes yeah was it it kind of just it kind of just does peter out i think that's a very good way of putting it right like yeah. and I, I i couldn't quite understand i was like that's really bizarre it's just kind of it just kind of the stops. build is amazing let's face it i, I, I suppose to, to underpin this the build is terrific like i like how we get to know everyone hold on i'm yeah, finished yet Oh, I'm so sorry, Phil. I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, so I, I, I do agree that it does peter out at the end. I also, I also think it's an incredibly linear story. Like mm. it's like it. You kind of go, oh, there's going to be kind of some kind of maybe this isn't, but no, it, it literally is. De Niro yeah, goes. Yeah. De Niro goes right. Marry her. Get we'll kill everyone yeah. off and get the oil money. Yeah. And you're like, there's yeah. a point where you're not sure if Leo's involved, but then you're very quickly you're like, yes, I know he is. So it just seemed weirdly linear as a movie, which I thought was odd. Um, yeah, I kind of get that. I, I agree and with like that. there, there was there wasn't many narrative peaks and troughs again, right? It was this no. is your story. However, what I will say is De Niro delivers his best performance in probably. 25 years i was going to say at least 20 years he is phenomenal in it i actually disagree with you with dicaprio i think dicaprio's performance becomes more unhinged and that visual tick of the gurning as he gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper involved and can't get out and is deeper and deeper conflicted so that becomes more of a thing so i actually think it's a deliberate decision to show kind of that unhinged stroke pressure of everything that's happening for possibly. me, I think yeah, it was possibly. a deliberate decision. I, I hope thought, so. I hope so. You know, I thought the female uh, female lead, um, yeah, Lily Gladstone. She's Lily Gladstone was absolutely yeah, fantastic, and she amazing. she spent yeah. most of the film in bed. <laughs> yes, no, she was like, amazing. She's amazing. She was so good, and and a lot of the other support cast were really strong as well. I don't Can get I say, the hate for Brendan Fraser. I really didn't. I don't, don't hate him. Just just feel like he comes out of nowhere and it's very just booming. I will say something else quickly. The film picks up immensely when Clemens arrives. Um, and but that's only like, I, that's like an hour from the end, I, right? No, no, and no, it, no. For me, that, it felt that's what like... I mean. it, it, But that kind of, what, what, what I'm saying is it kind of enlivens proceedings a bit. But no, no, but that's say, what I'm saying. I think it, that should have been, this is one of my... The, I think it should have been at the beginning. the beginning. Yeah, but you could have done something non-linear with that and brought him in at the start, right? So and had so the my, film told right. in that kind of way. Well, my perspective on this was, yeah, you're right. Maybe not right at the beginning, but what I do, what I, what I did think was, would it have been more? And I think I said the sniffiest we live in cinema. Wouldn't it have been more interesting if the film started with you know when she goes to see the president? Yes. What if we started on the president and then this woman comes up to him and says, you need to help our town, you know, how she says it. And then 
then Clemens arrives, right? And then he starts to uncover what's been going on. Because, yeah. because part, of the pro- part of the problem with the linear storytelling is we know everything. Like There's, there's almost yeah. no stakes. Um, except for how long is it going to take for her to die, for example, like, almost, you know? Like, so we see... We sort of see too much too early, weirdly. It's, it's, I completely but, wasn't, agree. Wasn't, yeah, wasn't not that I didn't enjoy it, but yeah, do you know what I mean? I feel like that would have been a stronger yeah. way to do I, it. And as he uncovers it, we then get told the story. That might be more. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that that overly narrative, yes, I think straight, that overly narrative, straight. straight narrative of the film mm. doesn't mm. do the film any. any but there's like no framework. Like if, if you had Clemens doing the investigating sort of throughout the film, you'd almost chat. They I mean, kind of do chapterize the film, which I kind of appreciated anyway. But that kind of seems to get lost eventually. A little bit like the yeah. Oppenheimer thing. But the Oppenheimer thing, I think, worked better. But whatever. That's you know, not the same. Yeah. No. Um, I. I. But having I him. Having him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like like having him go from person to person and then getting that bit of the story would have been probably more interesting. Probably, yeah, you know. I think I think that's the, for me. You're absolutely right. That's the film's problem in that that I, I think I think this is one of those films that could have could have been smarter. Scorsese could have been smarter in its structure, and I think yeah. it would have made it more surprising and a little bit more compelling. Whereas what we got was a very well told. And by the way, like he might be in his eighties, but fuck me, Scorsese can still make a film that's that is oh. impressive. My for, like, for my for my criticisms, this is one of the best films I've seen in the cinema this year. I'm yeah, and, and that like, just that sequence with the fire going around yes. the property. Oh my yes. god! Yes, that was amazing. Possibly one and, of and, the best sequences. And the violence, the violence when it comes, I like how matter of fact it is. There's that, yeah. that woman who gets attacked outside her house is terrible. The thing when they talk about the, the, the people who've died, that that bit is amazing. That bit where they talk about that this person died, you know, this person. That, that bit was fantastic. Near the beginning, yeah, yeah. there's genuinely fantastic. no, fantastic. there's genuinely like, it's not played, like, it's not like, I watched Goodfellas a couple of days before this, right? Sure. And, and Goodfellas, and everyone goes, oh, Goodfellas is, is violent and it's, it's um, glorified. And I'm like, you haven't watched Goodfellas? Like, mm. the, the violence mm. is matter of fact plain. in Goodfellas. It's very plain. No, that's one of the yeah. things I love about it. They just do it. There's no, Done. there's no like, let's shoot this from 30 angles and let's no. have 20 cuts, right? It's slow if motion. Violent or happens, it's, yeah, yeah, if something violent happens, it happens and then yeah. it's done and it's yeah. quick and it's, it's not, it's not relished. It's just, I agree. It's just very agree. violent it's when work. it happens. It's what, it's work. That's what makes it more violent. Yes. What yes, makes it more upsetting is, is exactly that. Like that scene at the beginning where they they kill Billy Bats in the in the car when they yeah. think he's dead, yeah, um, yeah, is just like it's so it's you like no do you know actually no I'm gonna I'm gonna say again the, the scene for me in Goodfellas that sold it to me is probably my favourite film of all time right mm-hmm. is and it's a really simple scene it's the bit where they've got dead Billy Bats in their car and they go mm-hmm. into they go into Joe Pesci's mum's house and she cooks right. dinner. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, and he's yeah. clean. And he's like, he's got the knife. Like, yeah. and you're just like, Oh my God. He's just, they, doing, this in his mu- he's just doing this in his mum's house, basically. Yeah. And they've, they've literally just, they've literally just killed off a character. And, yeah. and you're just like, Oh my God. It's just so yeah. unbelievably brutal. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, 
Yeah. Anyway, that's good, fellas. Look, it's a brilliant film. I think it will do very well. I think it will nab De Niro and Scorsese and Lily Gladstone nominations. I think genuine, sorry, not, and um, De Niro. I think De Niro might be in with a shot of winning this um, for a best. Maybe as like as like a fight as like a final sort of. Yeah, a a thanks for everything. Good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great career kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think, no, I think yeah, it's yeah. that kind of thing. Good. All yeah. right. So we've looked. We've talked. Uh, we've talked about uh, the biggest film of the um, of the 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 last few weeks. We've talked about horror films. We have talked about Five Nights at Freddy's. So let's play a game, Ross. Do you want to play a game? Yeah, we just don't put me in a torture thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was thinking about horror franchises, right? And I was thinking, what is our favourite film in each horror franchise? And I thought. No, no, no. I'm going to wind this out to a few other franchises as well. So this is a this is a fast round, Ross. You're not allowed to think about this too much. We can briefly talk about the film, but I don't want you like there's no like, oh well, but I kinda like one, but I kinda like six. No, that's fine. I've, I've already, okay. Sure. So so it's, now, it, it's on, quick. Now wait, wait, so to qualify this then, to qualify this, is this the best one or my favourite one? Your favourite one. Because best made is not the same thing as favourite. No, no, no. I mean, it's definitely your favourite one of these franchises. Gotcha. Okay. And we're going to start with horror, right? We're going to start with okay. horror because that's where where franchise horror, uh, franchise films really started, like horror mm-hmm. before most other things, other than Bond and stuff like that. Yeah. So let's start with the big one. Let's start with, with Halloween. What's your favourite Halloween movie? My favourite Halloween film is H2O. Oh, interesting. I think my favourite Halloween film is probably the original because I do yeah. think it is amazing. But I think sure. I think the one I enjoy the the one I I like the most is actually Halloween's three season of the witch. Well I was gonna say I that was obviously my other one, but I think it's because Halloween three is is the scariest one. It, Halloween three it, is yeah. the ending <clears throat> the ending is sincerely terrifying. But as a as a fun movie, H two O is is just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um what annoys me about Halloween Three is the fact that it didn't, it wasn't successful because the plan was yeah. to make more of these kind of Keep standalone. Different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And instead, we've we've just had twenty years of ever decreasingly shit. I will very quickly plug, very quickly plug. Yeah, you're right. Although I do like the different Halloween sequels for various reasons, for their own reasons. Um, very quickly, the the film podcast. How did this get made? Their episode on season of the witches superb like really awesome. really fucking funny really funny so that's halloween so let's go to elm street nightmare on elm street ross your favorite nightmare on elm street film okay so this is the one where i can't do a division it's three and four back to back yeah i think for me probably it's three probably it's three probably if i have to pick one but it's three and four back to back i i i'm gonna go with my favorite one in terms of yeah is for sure number three yeah, um, but West Craven's New Nightmare is is is, is, oh. is up there. It's a very very. Good it's film. one of the best. It's definitely one of the best ones. The um, Friday the right. Friday the Thirteenth. Okay, well, this is you know this already. It's part six, yeah. and with uh, uh, but my but I think the best one is the remake. Do you know part what? I'm actually controversially. Yeah. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I think part six is great. Yeah, I watched a remake a few years ago when I did my Friday the 13th rewatch mm. and I was surprised at how brilliantly they nailed it. And compared to Elm yeah. Street, yes. Like yes. It 
it, like Friday the 13th actually nails a Friday the 13th movie. It's brutal. Completely, it's... completely. Yeah, agree. Chucky. Uh, Bride. Yeah, Bride of Chucky, 100%. Bride yeah, of Chucky yeah, and I, is I such love all a of glorious them. film. I love all of them. I was almost tempted to say the last one because I think the last one's great. But I think Bride is is a ride. Like Bride is just... And I don't think... When you watch Bride, I don't think you need to have seen the others. No, like, I, think I agree. I think it helps. I think it helps, but I don't think you need to have seen them. Bride is a reset. And actually, I've just finished yeah. watching the first half of season three of Chucky. And it's... Uh, it's oh, I need to it, watch it. I need to watch it. I love it. It's so stupid. I love um, that. But, <laughs> brilliant way. And it, but it's like, it's properly gruesome. Like, yeah. proper... Yeah. It's more gruesome than Five Nights at Freddy's was. Oh, wow. Okay. And the payoff in the last episode, last like the, the mid-season episode break, there's yeah. a there's a or is it the one before? It might actually be the one before, but there's an amazing payoff. Um, I will catch like, up. I love that show. Yeah, it's it's it's, so it's good fun. Uh, so Evil Dead, not on the list. Oh, it was it's number two anyway. Yeah, number two, yeah, number two, hundred percent. Right now, we're going to step out of uh, horror films. I think I've covered the main franchises, haven't I? Uh, I think. so. So, we could do Hellraiser, maybe. I don't three. know if you're... Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3. <laughs> do you know, I remember having a conversation with Doug when we were doing 10 Dead Men, and I was yes. like, "Like, what's your thoughts on 3, Doug? Because I love 3. And he was like, 3 is actually a really good film. And he's like, it's really underrated. And I'm like, I couldn't fucking agree more. Um, so just quickly, RIP to the director, Anthony Hickok, who died recently. Did he? Yeah. I missed that. Last, also, he also last direct- month. Oh, that's really sad because he also directed Waxwork 2 Lost in Time. He, which is yes, film. which is fantastic. And Full Eclipse, the, the Mario Van Peebles werewolf movie, which is fantastic. Oh, that's and really sad. good, really good. Really, he, did, he did a bunch of really enjoyable genre movies. So I'm I think I know the answer. His... Okay, go on. Sorry, go on. I, gonna, I think I know the answer to the next one. Um, yeah. Fast fast and Furious. Five. Five. Got to be five, right? It's, yeah. it's The Rock. It's got the safe. And... It's and stupid. if I was going to slightly expand it, again, I'd say five and six back to back are really great. Like 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 Nightmare yeah. three and four, five and six. And again, back to back are very good. again, they're just they're really good reboots of a franchise. Yeah, and and that's yeah. the point I think where the rot also sets in because yes. like five five is topped by six, and then they're like shit. We now have to top them each time, and it's that that's exactly get bigger. Where, it goes. You know, yes. Oh, yes. where do we go next? Oh, we're gonna have to go to space. Yeah. So I mean, look, I, I look, I've enjoyed them all for silly. Like five is awesome, six is awesome, seven is still pretty awesome, eight is definitely where they start going. We need a big submarine or something. Like you know, what I mean, like it's just. But 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 at that point, I start enjoying them for for completely different reasons. Like all yeah. some 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 of the same reasons, but mostly completely different reasons. I was five, in terms of enjoyment. Really in terms of enjoyment, I was done after six. Seven, <laughs> I just thought was just just. It, I understand why it was flawed, but yeah, you know, there were yeah, there were other too. ways you could have probably done that. Uh, the probably. best, your favorite Bond film, License to Kill. Yeah, and there are others. So, look, there are others we could say for different reasons. Like I love Gold. Well, look, I won't miss. I'm just saying, I, if I pick one, it's License to Kill. License to Kill is is my favorite because it is a '90s, '80s, '90s action movie with Bond in it. But yeah. do you know what? If I had to pick a second one. I'd pick yeah. the Bond film I probably watched the most growing up, which, by the way, I'm going to caveat this by saying it is not a good film, but <laughs> I fucking love A View to a Kill. 
It's fucking fantastic fun, but it, yeah, cool. It's, it's good. terrible. But then again, but then I don't, I don't, I don't, no, no, it I is I terrible. I find it hard to, to use bad words about films like that now. It's it's it is a terrible film. It is it's so, so silly. Out of, it's very silly. It's so silly, and it's so yeah. it's it, but it's silly in a way like you know what, how the Pierce Brosnan films get really stupid, and you're like. Yeah. But yeah, not yeah. in a fun way. No, like, they're, no, they're much worse. But they, to me, are much inverted commas worse than a yeah. view to a kill. Like I think well, they're less whereas, enjoyable than a view to a kill. Yeah, yeah. Whereas a view to a kill is just so much fun. Like, now, like on, Roger yes. Moore running off, running up, like um, running Quite around the, the, the Eiffel Tower. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like the the car that gets cut in cut in half in that car chase is so dumb. And it's even, just, but even if you look at him. In, Interview to kill, and then realize he's the same age as Tom Cruise was in Fallout. It doesn't make. I know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. And like I said to you a thousand times before, I'm to this day I'm still annoyed that they cut the sex scene out with great uh, with Grace Jones because because genuinely watch her snap his pelvis in two. Yeah, genuinely Grace Jones and Roger Moore. Amazing. They're they're not even. They're not even. They're not even the same. They're when she not slips into the covers, the same you know when, type he, of... you, know, you know when he opens up the covers and she slips like slides into yeah. the covers. I just every every iota of my penis was going no no. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 every atom in my just in my penis was going there, no, there no, is something, no 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 there's no. something about that moment that just makes you just go oh no anyway because um, we haven't got long left so let's just burst for a few more um, your favorite Star Wars film. It's just Star Wars, the first. One. Yeah, first one. I I think and Return of the Rogue, Jedi. Rogue One, Rogue One. I think Return of the Jedi was always my favourite growing up. Your favourite yeah. Harry Potter film? Uh, Azkaban. Yeah, I'll give you that. Because I think Azkaban's because great. Because film. it's because because it's and the reason I say that is the last two to me were like yeah it's fine but but the ones from Azkaban I don't remember all the names of them but the ones between Azkaban and the Deathly Hallows I think they're all exceptional. And they get more and more interesting. But Azkaban is the one where I remember where it really turns from being kids' movies into, I don't want to just say dark, dark is the wrong word, but they do become darker and more interesting. Because the first but, two films to me are a very different type of movie. Yeah, but, and I think this is for me, I still think my favourite, if I had to pick my favourite favourite, it would still be, be the first one. And not because it's the best film, because it's not. And it's not very well paced. And the story is not very good. But that no. whole introduction to that world of wonders oh, yeah, totally. is, yeah, is totally. like unlike anything, right? The world building in that film is, is so much better than the film is itself. Um, I'm sure your favourite yeah. Indiana Jones film? Uh, Crusade. It's, um, not, it's, not the best, it's not the best one. It's not the best one, but it's my favourite one. Temple of Doom. Oh. Yeah, I still don't that. You know, you've said it before. I, I, and also, by the way, I, get, I think Paul Shear said, uh, like, he, they were doing reviews when Dallas Presley came out, and he said Temple of Doom was his film. And I'm like, I just think it's horrid. Like, it's horrible. With, oh, with, it's, with, it, really, really, with really, really good bits. But I, it is a horrible film. I, but you'd think I would like it more than I do. And I'm like, I don't even need it, really. Like, it, it's really, it's, I know there's really good bits in it. It's genuinely a horrible film. But yet, yeah, it's still one of my favourite. Um, yeah, your favourite alien film? It's aliens, easily. It's like, like, yeah, it's, it's aliens. Like, there's like no, there's no, there's no fucking comparison. But I am a complete apologist for Alien Three, and yeah, I of course. Do not deny it. Uh, and <laughs> last, last but not least, and this is possibly one of the trickier ones, Batman. 
I think it's returns, if, if we're talking live action anyway, I think it's returns overall. But I mean, look, there have been some very good other Batman films. But I think, I think returns holds up as like the most Batman-y Batman live action. Like it looks like it's a comic book. It looks like the comics of like the 80s and the 90s. And it, it evokes that vibe. It's a Christmas movie. But there are lots of good things for most of the other Batman films. Um, if it's animated, I... then I guess it's muscular phantasm. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think Batman Returns, I've always thought Batman Returns was a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just such a a dark, twisted fantasy of a movie, and it is it is brilliant. Um uh, yeah, I I I agree one hundred percent. So Ross, uh, where can people find out a bit more about you? Uh, yeah, uh, that's at Ross Boyas for all the social things, at Evo Films UK to follow Evolution Films, and at Vengeance Film UK to follow the action film franchise that I write and direct, and hopefully we're doing something different soon and stuff. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. Very uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you can find out more about me at uh, Ross and filmtalkmovies.co.uk. Um, and uh, on all the socials. Look, thanks for listening. We'll be back um, with some more movie talk uh, in the near future, and probably um, soon uh, I'll be talking about the Marvels, but Ross won't, because I'm pretty much sure Ross won't be seeing it. Uh, oh, I'm going to try. No, we're, we're probably going to pull ourselves along to watch the $300 million 88-minute film that they just shot a new ending for about two months ago. But the, Ross, Marvel's, Marvel, have been, Marvel has been doing that since Iron Man. Iron Man was hugely reshot, right? So Marvel was Iron Man. The first Iron Man was hugely reshot. Iron Man was reshot as well. Every Marvel film has had about a month, two months of reshoots planned in. Every Marvel film. So the fact they're reshooting it doesn't surprise me. I think they might have to reshoot. Sometimes reshooting reshooting doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Just just no, no, but but like, but but I think also they sometimes due to other factors, they might have to reshoot stuff to make it fit in with other movies. Of course. No, 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 um, of course, of course. What I will I say that. is, though, what I will say is, though, um, and it's actually it's an hour and 45, it's an hour and 45 no, it's, minutes. It's, it's 80, no, it's 88 minutes to the end title. No, it's, uh, well. Yes, it is. It's no. 88 minutes. Yes, it is. It's 88 minutes until the end title. But again, but you're moaning about care. something that hey, normally hey, you hey, it's a short. Like. No, no, no. I, I'm not complaining that it's short. I'm not complaining that it's short. I I don't think it's got f- 17 minutes of end credits, Ross. I think it that's does. bullshit. It, it's been widely... You can find that out very easily. Mm, it okay. really is. It is. I, I don't think that's true. I think that sounds like internet bollocks to me. Um, what I will say is, though, for all the issues that, that Marvel have had recently, Loki Season 2 is actually genuinely really good. Really good. It's really good fun. It's, like, really well done, and it, it dials down a lot of the... um. It dials down a lot of the, the the kind of extravagances of previous Marvel uh, TV shows. So I actually, I think Loki season two is well worth watching. Anyway, that's the podcast for this episode. Um, we'll be back. And don't forget, if you like the podcast, please rate and review us online. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye.